0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, I know a lot of Raider Nation is calling for head coach Josh McDaniels' job. I'll tell you why I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. That plus a whole lot more comes up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for October 24th, 2023.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Just win. You ought to win as a Raider.
0: Just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thanks so much. We definitely appreciate that. And we appreciate my man Ari he does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube. You can hit him up on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707 654 Four six nine three. As you can imagine, a ton of feedback from Monday's show, so we'll get as many calls and texts in as possible, but they're pretty lengthy, so it's tough to get a ton of them in. It's never personal. If I can't get your call or text on, I'm trying to get as much in as possible, but I have a lot, so uh, I do appreciate your patience and I'll get as many in as I can coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, we had an opportunity to catch up with head coach Joshua Daniels at the Intermountain Health Performance Center on Monday, early in the day. Uh, I'll let you hear the questions that I asked them. The reason why I asked them And the breakdown of what he had to say, that'll come up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I want to tell you why I don't think head coach Josh Badanos is going anywhere anytime soon, even though I know a lot of Raider Nation would like to see him removed from his head coaching job. That's all coming up after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Following the Raiders 30-12 to 12 loss to the Chicago Bears, it dropped their overall record to 3-4. and four. Raider Nation had it. Raider Nation is done. Raider Nation called the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Raider Nation tweeted at me. Raider Nation called Raider Nation Radio 920 to tell me about how they need to move on from head coach Josh McDaniels. He's uh, not a good head coach. He's this, that, and the other, and they're – They're done with the experiments. They're ready to move on from the coach. They're ready to move on from the GM, the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, everybody. Just blow it up and start it all over. And that's exactly the reason why I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon, not because Raider Nation wants it to happen, but because I don't think Mark Davis wants to have the turnover again. I mean, I really don't, and I can't speak for him. I can only tell you what I've heard. I can only tell you what I believe to be true, and it really goes back to even when he hired John Gruden following the 2017 season after moving on from Jack Del Rio. He gave him that long contract extension because he wanted to have continuity. He gave the the assistant coaches long contract extensions because he wanted to have the continuity. He wanted his team to be in the same system with the same head coach and have the same success year in and year out. It's something that we talked about quite a bit. You know, it's just he doesn't want the constant turnover. And we talk about it. We've talked about it for years that the turnover that the Raiders have at the coaching position and have had year after year after year is just – it's just too much, right? So at some point, you've got to find the right guy. You've got to find the right staff, front office and all, and you've got to put them in place and let them do what they do. So that's what he's attempting to do with this staff led by Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Joshua Daniels, Patrick Graham, Mick Lombardi, right? Everyone, that's, that's what he's attempting to do. And you see what he's done with the Aces. Hell, here in Vegas on Monday night, there was a parade for the back-to-back WNBA champion, Las Vegas Aces. He went out and hired the best coach. The best coach available for the job was Becky Hammond, who was on the Spurs staff, and she's only led them to -to back-to-back championships. So that's what he felt he was doing when he hired head coach Joshua Daniels. He was looking at a guy that had been highly coveted by a lot of teams in the league. And regardless if you want to believe it or not, he has been, right? He's been offered many jobs that he's turned down. He wanted the Raiders' job for whatever reason. I don't know. He hasn't said to me what the exact reason was that he wanted the job, but he wanted the job. Dave Ziegler won the GM job with the silver and black. And so Mark Davis gave him to, to him with the idea that he's going to allow them to build the team up the way that they need to build it up. He said from the minute that he took over, when his father passed away, he was not a football guy. He was not a football operations guy. That's why he immediately went out and got a GM in Reggie McKenzie and let the GM hire his own guy and bring in his own guys and handle the football side of things. Well, we know how that worked out then we know how it worked out with Gruden. And if it wasn't for the emails, Gruden would still be the head coach. There's no doubt about it. And I'm sure Derek Carr would probably still be the quarterback of the Silver and Black. And there would probably be a lot of guys that aren't with the team anymore that would probably still be with the team right now if head coach John Gruden was was still with the team, whether that's good or bad, right? Whatever whatever category you fall under, if it's good or bad, that's probably how it would be. So in comes Dave Ziegler, in comes Joshua Daniels. And they basically have let it be known that the – playoff team that everyone believes that they inherited wasn't really a playoff team. So they go and they retool it. They revamp it. They bring in their guys, right, to do what they need them to do and succeed on their level. Problem is this year, they haven't had very much success. And honestly, as I talked about on Monday's show, it really feels like they've regressed from a season ago. And that to me is is just mind blowing. It has baffled me on why they've taken a step back. I would have thought if anything, they would have improved and got better right? Devontae Adams went for 1,500 yards a season ago, right? Double-digit touchdowns. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing 1,600 yards, double-digit touchdowns, right? And there was other guys that were involved in a major way that went out there and performed at a high level, and right now this, this offense in particular can't even get over 20 points, and the defense has played well in certain games, but then on, you have games like Sunday where it's a complete no-show, and guys look like they're going in slow motion and, you know, Max Crosby is the guy that's going to go 100 miles an hour, there was a few plays that he was going a little bit slower on. Not many, because Max Crosby always is going super fast, but it almost felt like they thought they were going to show up to Chicago and just get, pick up a W, like they were going to hand him a win without them going out and playing, which that falls on, in my opinion, that falls on head coaching, that falls on the coaching staff, that also falls on the players. You can't get complacent like that in the NFL. So back to Coach McDaniels, as, you know, many people want him removed from his job, I just don't think that Mark Davis wants to press reset again. And that's been the biggest problem. And I forget, uh, I was talking to multiple people when I was out and about on Monday doing my radio shows at the OYO uh, and inside the underground lounge. It's something I do every Monday night football. So I get to meet and greet with a bunch of Raider Nation, and they were talking about the coaching position and how there's some organizations across the league that have so much stability at that coaching job, right? Like, I mean, look at the Steelers, for example. They've had three coaches, period. Look how long Mike Tomlin's been there. So Mark Davis looks up. That's what he wants. You know, the Raiders have, 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 I mean, rinse and repeat with so many coaches, right? Fire, hire, fire, hire, fire, hire. Every time you do that, you press the reset button. And at some point, if there's some more performances like what we all saw on Sunday, maybe Mark Davis just has to bite the bullet and say, you know what? I can't do it, right? It's like having an employee that's a really employee that you really like, but he's not really a really good one. And, and it's just like one of those scenarios where you want this guy to succeed, you want this guy to be great, and it's just not working. So at some point you have to move on because you just know it's, it's, it's bad for business that he's there. That may be the case that, you know, Mark Davis runs into at some point. I don't think he's there yet. I don't know how many more games it would take that look like what we saw on Sunday for him to get there, right? The next five games looks like a murderer's row, if you ask me, right? Starting this, this uh, Monday with Detroit, that's uh, angry, they're pissed off. They just got molly wop by the by the uh, Ravens, so they're going to come in angry into their house and and uh, you know welcome the Raiders in, and we'll see how that shakes out on Monday Night Football. They're going to want to really put it on the Raiders. Then they follow up with the Giants, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Chiefs. Like that, <laughs> that's a rough stretch right there, right? That's five games of, of of rough, could be potentially rough football. So who knows what could potentially happen after those five games? I don't know. I'm not privy to that. Right, And if someone ever tells me, hey, this is what's going to take or this is what's going to happen, uh, if this happens or that happens, then all of a sudden the coach is out or whatever, I'll tell you. I'll pass that on to you, which is probably why they don't tell me any of that because they know I will. I don't have any problem with that. But I believe, and it's just my gut feeling, that Mark Davis wants nothing more than this to really work out so they don't have to press the reset button. So it's not another rebuild, even though it kind of feels like it's already in another rebuild anyway. Right? I mean, they they – they had the one year last year where they go out and make the move for Devontae Adams, and I thought, man, they're going to make a push for the AFC West title. They're going to push Kansas City. They got all this firepower. You got Devontae, you got Darren Waller, you got Hunter Renfro, you got Josh Jacobs. Oh my goodness, it's it's going to be on and popping. Derek Carr is you know getting back with his uh, college teammate, and obviously it wasn't everything but that, right? As they only won six games in the season, and right now they've only won three. Right and, and I thought that they were in a pretty good position. Uh, Should have won that game against Chicago. Would have been four. And this next five games still would have been tough. But I felt like it would have been a little bit more positive than it is right now. And you know, coming off that embarrassing loss to Chicago, it feels like it has a chance to snowball and get worse. This is up to the Raiders now to make sure that one loss doesn't beat them twice. And, and that was a bad loss to Chicago. But honestly, unless it gets really ugly, I do believe Josh McDaniels will be back next year because Mark Davis wants nothing more than just to have the continuity, wants to have give this this staff an opportunity to build it up in their image and prove what they can be. I think it was always a three-year plan. Again, just my gut feeling. I could be wrong. Hell, Coach McDaniels could get fired tomorrow for all I know, right? But that's just my gut feeling, and that's all I'm going to ever bring to the show is my gut feeling on what I think is going on with the team. But that's what I got for you for seven number one of on today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Obviously, there's 10 more games in the season. A lot can happen, positive or negative. And we just have to continue to monitor, continue to watch the games, see how they shake out, see what the team looks like, see what the performance looks like. Losing the locker room would be the ultimate bad for Josh McDaniels, and that may make Mark Davis pull the plug sooner than he'd like is if he loses the locker room and it's obvious that the guys are no longer responding to the head coach. But again, that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear from the head coach. I asked him three questions. Just three at the Intermountain Health Performance Center on Monday. You'll hear those questions, the answers, and the breakdown of why I asked. That's coming up after I tell you about a couple sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, including LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the right people for your team, faster and for free. And believe me at the radio station, we've looked for a lot of folks and it's hard to find the right candidates. Sometimes you interview them. Sometimes you talk to them and they sound perfect. And then you get them in person and realize it's a dud. (laughs) right? I guess that happens in coaching sometimes too. But what you need to do is post your job on LinkedIn jobs, uh, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They got simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rank rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Right now, LinkedIn jobs will help you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to, Faster. Again, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I also want to tell you about prize picks. And you might wonder, what is prize picks? Well, it's just daily fantasy sports. Matter of fact, it's the easiest and most exciting daily fantasy sports in North America. You against the numbers. Instead of battling against players, sharks, pros, all of that, it's just you against the projections. That simple. You pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections, and all you got to do is watch the winnings roll in. And it's so simple to make your selections, you can do it in like less than 60 seconds. So in the time it takes me to read this spot, You could already have your projections in. And it doesn't matter what you're looking at. You could be looking at running backs, what Josh Jacobs is going to do in the game against the Lions, his projection stats, right? Uh, Or maybe Devontae Adams or maybe Jimmy G if he's back, whoever the quarterback is. Two to six players, that's all you do. And uh, you can win a lot of money. You can actually turn $10 into $250. And the one cool thing, well, there's a lot of cool things about Prize Picks, but one of the really cool things about it is Prize Picks has the reboot policy, policy. So your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football, top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PricePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Right now, you need to check out the players. Uh, you need to check out prizepickscom slash NFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepickscom slash NFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: Your locked on Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. want you to hear from the head coach, Joshua Daniels. Had an opportunity to talk to uh, the media on Monday, the media that made it back from Chicago. There was a lot of guys that were still making their way back from the Windy City, so there was only a handful of us there at the, uh, at the practice facility on Monday to talk to coach, but uh, I got three questions in, three questions that I thought were really relevant. Of course, I had questions about this team following the game. We talked about it and illustrated it quite a bit on Monday's show, so with that in mind, I took some of that and and tried to turn those into questions that I can ask the coach about the performance from the silver and black on Sunday. So the first one is about if he saw this one coming, Right, because a lot of times you can see, and we've heard over the years, we've heard players say, "Yeah, I could kind of tell that it was going to be a bad game because the week of practice wasn't good." So that was the first question: like, did you have any signs that this was going to happen based off what you saw in practice? Was there
3: anything that you saw in practice that made you feel like nothing? You have a bad performance. Nothing, and honestly, Q, like I, you know, I felt like we had a good week. I thought we were ready to go. Um, you know, went out there and had the three and out and then drive the ball down the field and have a chance to, you know, take the lead early. And, you know, I didn't see anything like that, you know, and we went on Friday and all that stuff, but there's none of that stuff an excuse. Um, I think just ultimately the game kind of snowballed on us. And as I said yesterday, when you lose control of kind of the line of scrimmage slash the score, then, you know, the game always feels like you're playing it backwards or you're chasing. And that's basically what yesterday felt like.
0: So there's the question I asked. You heard uh, the response right there from Coach McDaniels. He felt like they had a really good week of practice, which really is troublesome. I really was kind of hoping he'd be like, yeah, you know what? Practice wasn't really as sharp as I'd like it to be. You know, they were, guys weren't really looking like they were on point as much as I'd like them to be, but... For him to feel like that they had a good week of practice and they did everything right and they left on Friday and they felt like they got enough rest. When I see that performance and I look back at it and see them on the field and them looking lethargic and them looking like they're really not there. Again, I've said it a few times about that 10 a.m. Pacific time kickoffs. I know that for the longest that plagued the Raiders, but I feel like that they should be well beyond removed from that, right? They should not that that should not still be an excuse from them having to play in a different time zone and, and this, that, and the other. I get it. Right. I mean, I know traveling from time zone to time zone and having to do shows at certain times and it be later. I I could think back to when I was in Bristol, right? And doing the shows from there and getting off the air at one o'clock in the morning, then having to do the podcast then and you know, not being able to leave the radio station at almost four in the morning, like that was that threw everything off for me. But I still felt like, you know, you still gotta bring your A game regardless of what time zone you're in. So I, I hate to try to use that as an excuse, but that's just what it felt like. They just did not look like they were ready to go and they just looked very lethargic. Out there on the field, to say the least. Secondly, I asked about the defense and the performance they had because everyone knew. And one of my keys to victory on Friday's show, you can go back and listen to it. Uh, I said off the top first and foremost, you have to stop the run. You have to stop the run. You have to stop the run. I asked Coach McDaniels last week about the defensive tackles. How important were they going to be to stop the run because that team wants to uh, run the ball? And that's what they did. They ran for a buck 73 with Deontay Foreman. Not their starting running back, but their backup running back. Not to mention a backup quarterback making his first start, right? Undrafted free agent out of a D2 school. There's no reason why they should allow the the Bears to be able to run all over him. They should have loaded up the box like teams do against them to slow down Josh Jacobs, right? It should have loaded up the box, stopped the run, and made this guy beat him. Now, I'm not saying he wouldn't. Tyson Bagent went out there and he looked very comfortable. He was able to pick up the yards when he needed to pick up the yards. He made a few passes that he had to make. It was nothing overwhelming. It was nothing fantastic. But he was able to get some things done with his arms and his legs. So maybe they still would have won the game. But I would have much rather you say, you know what, Rook? You beat me as opposed to what we want to do, right? We want to butter our bread by by running the ball. 173 yards they ran for. Deontay Foreman had three touchdowns on the day, two on the ground, and one through the air receiving. Like, that should be unacceptable. So the question that I asked was about the defense, who has been playing well, that they, you know, allowed so many yards on the ground and they had so many missed tackles. you hear the question and the answer from Coach McDaniels. Defense has been playing really well. Were you surprised that the Bears were able to run as much as they were and then the missed tackles as well?
3: Yeah, I didn't, you know, we, I don't think we tackled well. I mean, that's not a mystery. Um, you know, gave up too many yards after we had an opportunity to contact the runner. Um, so we're going to, you know, we're going to need to work on that and try to shore that up. Um, yeah, they, you know, I give credit to them. They did a good job. They had a couple unique ways to try to, uh, create space and separate the defense a little bit. Um, we just, you know, we're going to need to, we're going to need to play, uh, the run. Like we, like I said, we had been, I mean, you had mentioned that we had been making some progress there. Um, you know, but just yesterday was, was clearly not our best, you know, and, um, there's going to be some things that we can see today that, that will help us.
0: So there's the question and the answer. And again, I just, it, it just blows my mind how Patrick Graham and that defense didn't have a better game plan going into it. They allowed the bears to do what the bears wanted to do, which again, still blows my mind, right? You know, and and again, the, the best example should be what every team has done to the Raiders this season. Nobody has allowed the Raiders to go over hundred yards rushing. Josh Jacobs hasn't gone over hundred yards rushing yet because they continue to load the box and dare the quarterback to beat them. They're not worried about the quarterback throwing the ball deep. So they're loading up the box, saying, okay, if you're going to run, you're going to run against a loaded box. Why wouldn't the Raiders load up the box? Why wouldn't they bring some heat after the quarterback? Why wouldn't they make him uncomfortable? You know, like, to me, I I don't understand where the game plan or what the game plan was. So that was the reason to ask the question about the defense. And it it just, again, it was the strength of the team as far as I was concerned. I was giving them props. I I still want to believe that they're, they're getting better but that was just an absolute no show and absolute miss by the defense and particularly the run defense. But we know we talked about it quite a bit, Marcus Peters and his lack of effort when it came to tackling Marcus Epps had a bad day as well. As far as tackling goes, right? There was other guys, Devon Diablo went out. So then Luke Masterson came into the game and he was there with Robert Spillane as linebackers. Uh, You know, Amik Robertson didn't have a great game. I mean, just, it was a bad day to have a bad day for that Raiders defense period. And the final, Question that I had was about the offense, which is something that we talked about on Monday's show about how it's basically regressed from a season ago. And the way to word that, and I remember talking about it on the show, is like, I got to find a way to word it so he'll answer the question because I could answer and say, Hey, what's up with the offense? Why is it not going? And it'll be like a two second answer. It will, it will be very limited. And so you have to think of a way. And I know a lot of Raider Nation doesn't want to hear this. A lot of Raider Nation will say, Oh, you're giving him softballs. You're doing this and that. No, you've got to be able to talk in his language. So he's able to so you're able to at least get an answer out of him. Regardless if you like the answer or not, you've got to be able to speak in his language. So he always talks about execution and penalties is what struggle is what makes the Raiders offense struggle. He told me that last time when I asked him about the disconnect in the red zone. Well, Q, it's execution and it's penalties. Okay, so I use that. Uh, and, and, and turned it around and used that same thing against, not against him, but towards him. So he couldn't say, well, yeah, it was execution and penalties. So you'll hear the question again, as you had the other two. About the offense, the execution and the penalties, and why the offense hasn't been able to get going. You know why he hasn't been able to get his finger on exactly what's going on with this offense, with all the weapons that they have. No execution and penalties plays a big role in the offense, but does it feel like it just never has gotten started like it should with all the weapons that you guys have?
3: Yeah, Q, you're you're hitting it on the head. Um, you know, it's it's not one thing. It's you know, it's we we just. You know, we, we move the ball, you know, and then we get bogged down with a something, you know, either miss a third and short or uh there's a penalty here or there. Um, you know, yesterday, you know, we had a couple penalties and just didn't do very well on third down with the first first, you know, two and two and a half, three quarters of the game. Um, you know, and those there's a lot of little things that go into those plays. Um and You know, I mean, a football game can be changed by the execution of four or five different plays. Pick any four or five different plays, and you say, man, if we would have made this, if we would have made that. But um, at the end of the day, you you did what you did, you know, and we called what we called. And so whether it's a call you want to, you know, choose differently or an execution of a play or an assignment or whatever it might be, um, at the end of the day, we need to put together a performance that's representative of what we think we can be and you know we still are trying to we're searching for that you know and um, again, there's no shortcut to it. I think we got to have 11 guys on every play trying to do the right thing, which I think we do. We just we got to have more execution on a on a consistent basis against you know good teams. You know and that's that's what it's going to require of us.
0: So there you go. I mean, again, it's not something hard hitting, earth shattering. I didn't you know he wasn't sweating when he left the the media room, but I thought those were three very relevant questions. You know, uh, did he see a, a dud coming, an egg being laid based off practice? You know what's going on with the defense? Why they were allowing the Bears to do whatever they wanted to do, and in particular run the ball, and what has gone on with the offense that has a lot of weapons, has his guys in place, and has obviously regressed from a season ago. Again, thought those were very relevant questions, and you heard his answers. I don't know what that's going to do as far as how that changes things Uh, when it came to the offense. He was, you know, we're going to get back to it today. Comes to the defense, we're going to get back to it today. Okay, so they. Got to see what their pride is, right? I remember Jacoby Myers telling me in the locker room when they improved to 3-3, and you know, what does that mean, Q? Or would I ask him, what did that mean? He said, hey, it means we have a chance. How bad do we want it? Well, let's see how bad this team wants to turn things around based off of what happened on Sunday, how they want to get that taste out of their mouth. It's not going to be easy based off the team that they're going to play on Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions, national TV. You know, don't go out there and lay an egg again and really embarrass yourself. Then Raider Nation will really Really be hot. But your calls and texts are coming up next. 707-654-4693. That's going to come up right after I tell you about game time. And really, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater events, whatever the case may be, whatever's near you, whatever you want to go to. Maybe you're coming to Las Vegas and you want to go to something and you're going to buy some last minute tickets. Game time is the way to make that happen. You can get last minute tickets. They got flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Plus, you get to view from all seats in the venue so you know exactly what you're buying when you're buying it. Lowest prices guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and a whole lot more. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. You can find those exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball concerts, comedy theater, and a whole lot more. Basically, everything we have here in Vegas, you can get tickets to. Again, they got the zone deals. You pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings, and the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Right now, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
1: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day.
0: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. You have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Surf City Raider. He's calling to talk about Marcus Peters and his lack of effort when it comes to his tackling or lack of tackling. Here he is, Surf City Raider.
2: Hey, Q, Surf City Raider calling in um, after some time. And I just want to raise the subject of one Marcus Olay. Peters. we got to get, keep this guy out of the building. Release him. Pay him whatever is still on his contract. He's just one Raider that's dressed up for the occasion, but really got no place to go. I am uh, I'm nominating him to the first ever Raiders Prom King Hall of Fame. And we're going to have to block out that number 24 because he's the, you know, his, uh, his thing is the antithesis of that number twenty four on the Raiders jersey. So that's pretty much it. I decided this uh, the moment I saw that lame play that the announcers even, you know, noticed and that's just a disgrace. So that's it, Q. Enjoy the show. Listen every day. And uh, wishing you in the Raider land well. Go read.
0: Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah. I mean it really sucked. To see that effort and know that that was highlighted on every... You know, a highlight show, uh, I know I talked to Amber Theo Harris on my radio show on Monday, and she said that on the Silver and Black show with Eric Allen and James Jones, they highlighted that lack of effort as well. Uh, again, I, I call it the Olay defense. I hate it. I can't stand it. I don't like it in basketball, and I sure don't like it in, in football. You've got to get your nose in there. You've got to tackle. You've got to be that guy. He's the guy who said about raising the standard, uh, the standard's going to be different. The standard that's been the standard is not acceptable. Well, that wasn't acceptable either. Right. That's just not. I actually had a guy call in my radio show uh, when I was talking about Marcus Peters and that that terrible effort that he gave to tackle and claimed to be a professional uh, athlete. He didn't say what sport or whatever, but he was a professional athlete. And we shouldn't talk about players on the air because it gets back to him and that hurts their feelings. Well, that 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 effort that he put out there on the field, that that should hurt his feelings just because he knows that that's on wax. That's on on film. That's, that should hurt his own feelings, knowing that that's, that's the tape that he's got to carry with him, that everyone in that locker room, everyone on that team reviewed on Monday, saw that tape, and saw him with that lackluster effort. That should hurt his feelings, as opposed to what anybody has said. Not to mention, he's rocking that 24 and really not doing any justice to that number. But Surf City Raider, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you. Up next, I got a text from Brent from Boston. He said, hey Q, Brent from Boston, checking in with some questions for you after a completely embarrassing loss for the nation. I'm not even going to mention the game we just played because I don't want to puke on my phone as I type this text. The trade deadline looms, and I thought we were going to be buyers this week, but after this game, I changed my mind. I believe the McDaniel-Ziegler regime was guaranteed a minimum of three years to build their vision of a football organization. And with that being said, I don't think there's a fear of losing their jobs. So I think it's pretty obvious at this point we are not a playoff-caliber team. Looking at this trade deadline from a seller's perspective, who do we move on from in hopes of accumulating some draft capital in what appears to be a very deep draft? All over the board. As much as I love seeing Renfro, Adams, Jacobs, and Silver and Black, I think it might be the best to get some picks for them. We don't have the quarterback talent to maximize their talents and could get some picks from a contender. The only untouchable to me is Mad Max. Appreciate all you do for the nation. I know uh, it is a lot more enjoyable for you to cover a winner than uh, what we more likely have in store, which is a long season. So keep your head up, Q. Still bleeding Silver and Black, but seriously wounded. That's Brent from Boston. Thanks for the text. I appreciate you. And Yeah, I thought that they were going to be buyers as well. I really did. Anticipated that win against the Bears and thought that they were going to go make a move for like a Daniil Hunter, someone that we saw really play well on Monday night against the 49ers as the Vikings picked up the surprising victory over the 49ers. Another game I was wrong about, but it happens, right? Uh, So I thought maybe a Daniil Hunter could be on the way. Uh, You know, thought about a couple other guys that are are like a Brian Burns in Carolina. I thought that that was kind of a stretch, but possibly Jalen Johnson, the cornerback from Chicago, thought that that was a stretch, but after the performance that he had, hell, Chicago's like, yeah, we're going to keep him. We ain't gonna move on from that dude, right? He's performing at a very high level. The trade deadline for the Raiders, I don't know who or what they'll, you know, they would they would move on from. Of course, Devontae Adams is the name that would get you the most, but Devontae Adams also comes with a huge salary cap hit if they trade him, right? A huge salary cap hit. So I don't see that happening. Plus, that's their their best player uh, on offense. I don't. I just don't see them moving on from him. I really don't. Adam Schefter had the the tweet over the weekend saying that they weren't moving on from from uh you know Devonte adams i guess if someone gave him a, a huge offer right i mean you'd have to take at least a first a first round pick for him Hell, you gave up a first and a second for him you'd have to at least get a first in return i wouldn't move on from from anything uh less than that but i honestly don't think that they are going to trade him anyway just because of the cap hit plus he's their you know their best player on offense so hunter renfro has always been the the name that everyone's throwing out there but what's he gonna fetch right maybe a, a maybe a sixth or a seventh in return a late round pick he's not gonna Got send something back in return. That's a you know high level pick. Josh Jacobs is on an expiring contract. He's got the one year deal. Uh, I guess that they can move on from him, you know, and trade him. But what's he going to get back as a running back? You know, he's he's not going to get a first round pick in return. So I honestly, I mean, I don't really see a whole lot of assets that they can move on from that's going to get a lot of draft capital in return. I mean, the only guys that I think are desirable for other teams would be a Devontae would be a Josh Jacobs and would be a Mad Max. And I don't, I definitely don't see him moving on from Mad Max at all. So I really don't see it. Right. I mean, I think Hunter Renfro could easily get moved, but again, I don't think that that's going to get much in return. But besides that, I mean, who do you have? So I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm, really kind of, I'm, I'm there where, you know, I I can see them being sellers. I just don't know what they have to sell, if that makes sense. But thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. Uh, Up next, got a call from Mario in Tucson. He's calling to talk about the intensity and energy of the Raiders on Sunday or lack of intensity and energy of the Raiders on Sunday versus the Bears. Here's Mario in Tucson.
1: Q, Raider Nation. This is Mario in Tucson. I know I haven't called in a while, but hey, today's a day is in. So let's get this going. Um, first thing I want to say is I'm embarrassed today a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because of a game that came out like that it looked like our team never got off the plane. They looked listless. They looked, you know, tired. They looked like they weren't even into the game. And, you know, I don't know if that's a player issue or if it is a coaching issue. But I know one thing. They didn't match Chicago's uh energy. They didn't match their spunk. They didn't match anything. They really just sat there, and just got their asses kicked, basically, by a team that was missing offensive linemen, no starting quarterback, you know, no. no, props to them. They went out there and they gave that kid a game plan that was simple enough for him to, you know, get the one game going and also get some passes, timely passes. He wasn't behind the downs. We did nothing to affect him at all. So as a total team, we stumped. We stunk coaching. We stunk playing. Hell, we stunk, we were really bad at tackling. I saw so many arm tacklers yesterday. Do these guys even want to play football? Because football is a physical sport. You know, I'm 52 years old. I remember the days that people said, here's a line, you're not going to get crossing. And if you do, you're going to get punished. Now, I know that the game changed a little bit with the physicality, but it's still a physical sport. The Raiders showed none of that, and they got beat for it. So I'm just wondering, what are we doing here? Shouldn't we be trying to figure out a way to be more aggressive on offense and defense and play calling? And, yeah, Aiden O'Connell should have started that game because if the plan is just to play this season out – and not think about the playoffs or something, then you put that kid in there and let him go out there and take his lumps. I don't give a damn if he throws three, four, five interceptions. Get him out there because we need to see what we have in case we're a top five pick and we need to get ourselves another young quarterback because it's time. This BS has to stop. feel bad for the people that bought tickets and traveled and did all that stuff. My
0: God, peace. Thank you, Mario, for the call. I appreciate you. And, yeah, there was very little energy, very little excitement, or even want to about that game, really on both sides of the ball. Right? Brian Hoyer, who, again, I thought was the best guy for the job for that day because I thought it was a one-day experiment, and he would be able to go in there and not make mistakes and not sink the ship, but instead he went and made mistakes, and he didn't play well. And I was actually surprised that Josh McDaniels didn't make the move at halftime to go to Aiden O'Connell, but he didn't. So... Um yeah, I mean there just didn't seem like there was too much effort except for him trying to get the ball to Devontae early, then him trying to get the ball to Jacoby early, then him trying to get the ball back to Devontae late. It just that really felt like the only energy that was there and the defense was kind of just running around, right? With like a chicken with their head cut off, but not even that kind of energy. It was just It was just a bad game, man. It was a bad game, no doubt. Uh, Sounds like Jimmy's coming back. some point this season, Aiden O'Connell will get his time. You know, a lot of people have said, got to find out what you have in the rookie. Remember, there's 10 games. So depending on how things go, I mean, Aiden O'Connell, for all I know, could be in on Monday. But when Aiden O'Connell gets in, I've said this 100 times, I'll say it again, when Aiden O'Connell gets in, he needs to have multiple games. That's all I'm saying. I have nothing against him, even though a lot of people I got into an argument on Twitter, shocking, with the guy that told me I've had something against him ever since he was drafted. I do not. I did not know what he was when he was drafted. I didn't really have a lot of confidence in him as more than a backup. I still don't know what he is. He did some good things in the preseason. He did some good things towards the end of the the game against the Chargers week three. But all I've ever said and maintained the whole time, and I hope everyone hears me loud and clear because I've explained this a thousand too many times. The only thing I want to see from Aiden O'Connell is get more than one start and then a stop. I want him to see the field for multiple games. That's all I keep saying. That's all a lot of people that thought Hoyer was a better idea. That's all they've been saying. But it's somehow that part of the conversation always gets lost, and the only thing you see and hear is, well, why did you want him there? What did you? What were you thinking? I've explained what I was thinking a thousand times. I don't understand why I have to keep explaining it. I'm not talking about to you, but it's just like so many questions the same damn question. Why did you want Hoyer? Why did you want Hoyer? I just explained it. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's like as soon as you start to explain yourself, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop listening. I don't know. It, 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 it's, pretty, it's pretty frustrating on my point that I feel like I have to keep going over the same part. But at some point this season, to your credit, Aiden O'Connell will get his chance, and he'll get multiple games. And you'll see what he has before the season's over. They'll know what they have in Aiden O'Connell before the season's over and as they go into the offseason, I guarantee you. But thanks for the call. I appreciate you. It's good to hear from you. I'm glad I was able to get your call in. I'm sure you are as well. One more text from Corporate Raider from Porter Ranch. He says, Q, is Corporate Raider from Porter Ranch frustration? The only word to describe being a fan of this team. Like all poorly functioning companies, it all starts at the top of the food chain. Mark Davis cannot get out of his own way. He fired, John, uh, J- he fired Jack Del Rio for Gruden when JDR has brought some stability. Then moved on from Basaccia and brought in Josh when there were guys like Doug Peterson available who won a Super Bowl in the modern era and knows offense. Look at what he's done with the Jags. They look improved. Lastly, McDaniels is a problem. Simply, his players are not performing under him. Getting his, new, getting, his players, getting his players will simply result in new players not performing for him. The running game is struggling because teams stack the box. Yes, but it's also about the blocking technique of the O-line. They are not being coached properly or are not performing for their coach. Both are a reflection of bad coaching. McDaniels himself said in the presser that the Bears ran creative schemes to get their running backs in space. I'm sure we stacked the box, yet they ran for 175 yards versus our defense. McDaniels is not able to run creative schemes for the reigning NFL rushing champ. It is ridiculous. 24 games in is enough of a sample size to know it's time to start thinking about who we could find to be our next coach. And to to those who say firing him now would be like throwing away the season, Versace approved to us that you can still rally and win with the right guy wearing the headset. All we want is a team that wins. Not too much to ask as a loyal fan, Q. Love your pod. Keep doing your thing. That's from Corporate Raider, from Porter Ranch. And, yeah, I mean, 24 games probably is enough, right? I mean, because it's just not getting better. I just think that they were assured more time. Just like I was explaining in segment number one, I think that they were assured that they were going to get at least three years. They were going to get this, the, the opportunity to build this thing in their, their vision. And, you know, he is a creative mind. He just hasn't shown it. I mean, I know that he has the creativity. Uh, he wouldn't have been the offensive coordinator in New England as, far as, as long as he was with the success that he had. And I get it, he had Tom Brady, but he's a pretty creative offensive mind. And that might be just who he is, an offensive coordinator and not a head coach. I don't know. He has not proven to be a good head coach, clearly, in Denver or with the Raiders. I mean, it's just that simple. So uh, I don't know exactly what else he can do at this point, um, but there's 10 games left, and like I mentioned, the next five games looks like a murderer's row. So it could get uglier before it gets better, and then who knows what the conversation is like. Hell, I might, have, I might not have any listeners by the end of the five-game stretch. Everyone might be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done, and look, I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for being frustrated and not want to hear nothing about the Raiders. I get it. Right. I mean, it's it's my job. So I'm going to show up and do it every day. That's what I do, but I get it. I totally get it. There's times that, you know, I feel like, man, what, what next, you know, what's, what's the next step. But again, this is where, this is where they're at. This is who they are. And this is what we got to deal with right now, but totally understand what you're saying. I think everything, everything you broke down makes a lot of sense. Uh, we'll see if these players can, step up and, and, and play for their coach next week. I will say, as far as the offensive line goes, the offensive line was being coached up by the same guy last year, and they did a good job helping Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing. So they performed well for their, their coach last year. The only difference has been Van Roten. That's it. I mean, he's the only one that's different at that right guard position. Everyone else is the same. So I don't understand why they would you know, be able to block really well for Josh Jacobs a year ago, but they can't this year. That would be the only pushback that I have, but totally understand everything that you're talking about and appreciate the text. That's all I got time for. Got a call from Jack in Houston. We'll get to tomorrow. Got some more texts as well. Uh, Patrick Graham and uh, and uh, Mick Lombardi will meet with the media around 11 o'clock this morning, so we'll get a chance to talk to the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator. Plus, we'll have more, many more conversations here as well. So until then, Rare Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.